You want to book as much acting work as you can, as often as you can. We get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that. The art is more interesting than that. By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. And by bringing your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader, the kind of actor who books work. Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, and book work doing it. We're here on the podcast and in class at the BGB studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship-level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership. Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're going to hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the Acting Podcast from the BGB studio. Hello, Risa. It's a, can I tell you something? Yes. <laughs> so today is my five-year-old daughter's first rehearsal for her first play, elementary school play. You know, she had little shows oh, wow. in preschool. Yeah. It's Beauty and the Beast. Uh-huh. And she's in the thing and she is so excited. So this, in the context of my own trauma <laughs> from a life in the arts and then the business and whatever else, and dealing with actors who have all sorts of stories of both the trauma and, you know, the joy and whatever of those early productions and me, the parent, trying to be light about it. You know what I mean? Trying to be all cool. Oh, that's so great, sweetheart. And she's so excited. And I'm not going to not match her excitement because I'm trying to not be, you know, the, uh, you know, theater dad or whatever else. But at the same time, I'm trying to focus on the excitement is for me, I'm excited for you because you're going to have so much fun. Right. And so she's in kindergarten. The younger kids don't really get the roles typically, right? But they can audition if they want to. So here I'm explaining to my five-year-old what an audition is. Mm. And she's deciding if she wants to do it or not. And it's so interesting, like the bare bones of the process <laughs> coming from what we do every day here. It's so interesting. Yeah. And, and is there a chance that she won't get in it, even in the chorus? No, she'll be in. She's yeah. already in by virtue oh. of, you know, like you Her get interest, in. If, if yeah, you're allowed right. in, they have a certain number of spots, and yeah. so she's in, right? Yeah. Um, but, you and know, she, is she going to be Chip, or or will she be in the chorus? Like those sorts of yeah, things, right? Yeah, um, But she understands that she might be in the chorus and what that means. Yes. She's not convinced that she wants to audition at all. She's not interested. She yeah. goes back and forth, right? Yeah. I mean, again, it's so interesting and so parallel to what we deal with with actors who have been on a TV series right. and are back in the audition process. Yeah. She's saying, mm, I don't think I want to audition because I explained what happens is um, you can say to the teacher that I think I'd like to be that role. And then the teacher will then say, great, can you sing this song? That is the song that you would sing if you were in that role. Mm -hmm. And then you do it. And then the teacher decides whether you or some of the other kids who also want that role are the right fit. And she thinks about it, you know, little five-year-old thoughts and says, I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) And I'm weeping on the inside, referencing, you know, uh, all of my experiences uh, and actors that we work with, their experience with the audition process. And never doesn't change. It doesn't change at all. It doesn't change. 
change. What it is. Yeah. She's excited by it, but at the same time, she's scared. Yeah. And so how does she navigate all that? Yeah. It's the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This Beauty and the Beast, by the way, is problematic, this thing. You got this guy who's got his trauma, can't see past his trauma, or uses that as an excuse to actually kidnap a a woman. And that woman, either because she's naive or she thinks that the power structure is love, oh, sure, it's fine that I'm kidnapped, or at best, Stockholm Syndrome, falls in love with him, or does the emotional heavy lifting that he should be doing himself to fall... I mean, this is problematic, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. The story of it is is questionable. Right, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And I guess as a... You could look at it as, oh, no, she takes the power and heals him. But is that her burden? That's what I'm saying. So, and it's so funny. I have these conversations with my daughter. We're getting way off topic, but this is exciting to yeah, me. Yeah, you know? yeah. uh, but, um, and this teacher, this is the other thing I want to say about this. This woman who runs this program at the elementary school, LAUSD, it's a public school. You know, so she's not getting big bucks for this, right? Mm-hmm. Her heart is in this. She is one of these women that the, the grown actors who are at our studio when they're talking about how they got to where they are, they reference her, this kind of woman who was like, she told me that I mattered. She gave me a voice. She, yeah. I mean, it's, she's just, yeah. just a gem uh, Yeah, we've being. all had those people Absolutely. in our lives, and that's fantastic. That's brilliant. I'm glad. And speaking of having someone advocate for you, yes, we are ex- going to talk yes. about... See, that was called a transition in the business. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw that happening, yeah, and, I, and yeah, I, yeah. I'm right with you. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about this question that we get asked uh, no fewer than a thousand times a week. Uh, how do I get an agent? Yeah. And it is an interesting question. It assumes that one needs an agent. It assumes a particular uh, structure of a relationship that's required. It, ex- it assumes a linear structure of the industry that I have to get the agent to get to the casting director to get to the blah, 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 all the yeah. way up the chain so I can get my award. Um, and it is often... Get your award? My award, you <laughs> yes. know, all the way up to booking yeah. the TV show and the movies. Matters, and right? That's Getting right. Getting your award. Um, okay. and, and, uh, and it's often a relationship that is fraught and is dependent or not, or full of things unsaid mythology around it, right? you know, of what this relationship is and the power structure of it. And it's, and it's antiquated in many ways, but we're, we're still hanging on to it because it's a relationship. See, it's the definition of a relationship that we believe is essential for our success. And we're going to break this down because I think it requires that it requires uh, demystifying that relationship and yeah. really as an actor checking all of that stuff that you're showing up to the industry with to that relationship with um, and let's maybe start there there is this idea as you approach the industry that um, and wouldn't it be great if there was some knight in shining armor who could extend her hand and lift you up and bestow her light upon you and dust you off and bring you to the promised land to do all that work for you. Or some beauty to your beast. No doubt. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Who can do all that emotional and whatever heavy lifting so that you can just show up and dazzle. And that is a myth. And but just to be clear that used, there used to be that relationship. I mean, I remember in the old days back in New York, you'd, that's the way it worked. You literally walked into your agent's office that morning. They told you where to go for the auditions that day. And you walked out of the office and you walked down whatever avenue and you went to those auditions or you went to this, you know, the equity office and you got those auditions and you told your agent and it was all like a really intimate, small town kind of vibe. And that's how it worked. 
you know, and I th- it was before the internet. And so thing, I think technology has changed things and the expanding size of the industry has changed things. So much of it, as you say, both in casting and agenting, is a numbers game now. Um, how much can you throw against the wall and how much will stick? So, so the, but, but that antiquated notion of that person that is your parental figure who uh, knows the business and is the gatekeeper and will let you in and advocate for you so that you can sit at home and, you know, fan yourself and um, be fed grapes until someone says, hey, it's time to go now. And you, you know, pull yourself together and go and you're brilliant and then you go home again. Um, that is dead and gone. And I think actors have to, really take a, a good look at yep. themselves yep. and where and in all the ways they shirk their responsibility to take complete command of their career because, as we'll get to, spoiler alert, even if you have an agent, even if you have a great a- agent who advocates for you, you have to be doing to be the doing. lion's share yeah. of the work. Yeah. Yeah. Which, is, which is a big myth breaker, so we'll get to that. But in that, you know, I, and I think the manager relationship has become that for some people because mm. managers have fewer clients and their job is to work with you and cultivate your relationships with the industry um, and help shepherd you along while agents just, you know, field the calls and submit you. And that there's that whole notion of submission. The idea is that my agent keeps telling me that she's submitting me for everything, but I'm not getting in the rooms. So there's that conversation to have. What is that, you know, about that they say they're doing everything they can. Um, and that's what a lot of agents do. They just submit you, which means they put you out on breakdown. When the breakdown comes in, they submit you your little tiny thumbnail of a headshot. And we all hope and pray that of the 2,000 people submitted for that role, when 20 maximum are chosen, that you might be one of those people. Right. And so then the conversation goes to, well, you just need a better headshot. And that's all I can do for you. Right. And And so, again, if we start with this idea of taking command, yeah. that that work is looking at all the ways that you're looking externally outside of yourself and, and your own agency uh, to, um, to be helped, to be given what it is yours to work for, et cetera. Yeah. And sure, you're going to collaborate with other people throughout your career, but you have to keep reminding yourself that it all starts and ends with you, that it is your career. If you don't have that, first of all, your approach when you're looking for an agent, which we'll get to in a second, is a passive approach, is a please help me approach, as opposed to look at all this shit I'm doing. Uh, I'm working like a beast here and I yeah. have all these assets, yeah. like this short that I directed and, and this thing that I'm in and blah, 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 blah. So do you want to work with me, that relationship? Um, and if for whatever reason it works out, you'll engage in a relationship with an agent and I as an actor was in these relationships where I felt like I had no power. Well, what is that? Le- what is that like? Let's just talk about that because this this relationship is huge. It's it's as important as anyone you're ever going to have in your work in your career. So, what was that like for you? Yeah. So, particularly in the beginning, y- you just want anyone who will take you. Right. Which again, if you think of all this stuff, as I think it's important to do in the context of romantic relationships, yeah. you're like it's so dysfunctional. I think if if a therapist were to look at most agent actor relationships, they would see quite clearly that these are dysfunctional relationships. Yeah. Communication is awful. Yeah. There's dependency, there's all sorts of things. Right. There's a, abuse sometimes of various kinds, uh, mostly mo- verbal and emotional and a lot of neglect. A lot of neglect. Yeah. yeah. A lot of neglect. Um, and so for me in the beginning it was someone will take me. 
It's, it sounds so awful. So that's your validation. I want to go that's back to my 19 year old self and yeah. give me a hug and say, they're there. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was told like in that first few months, make sure you bring donuts and coffee. Like, do you know, like, yeah, yeah. like you better earn your keep, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and they I, have all this power. They know shit. And that you, have you don't to, know anything. Don't what know do anything? you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they want, you need them to love you. Right. So, so seduce them that way. Yeah. So there's a few things in that. Like, so yeah, you better be doing the work of showing up and staying on the radar, you know? So bring them things and check in, but don't check in too much because you don't want to be burdensome. Like mm-hmm. this is so unhealthy. Um, and then the other thing is no matter what, no matter when, no matter where they say, uh, you go here and you jump and you say how high and you're there five minutes early and you stay longer and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I mean, when I was in college, uh, I remember being in, uh, you know, my philosophy classes, uh, and walking out like back then we had, uh, pagers. I'm not sure if, uh, yeah. the kids remember pagers, yeah. Yeah. but I would get the page from the agent right. and like this massive, you know, auditorium full of people studying Frederick Hegel, phenomenology of a spirit, uh, philosophy, anyone, and, uh, and just get up and walk out right in front of the professor. Because I felt like I can't, like, there's no way that I'm going to make my agent wait. Right. And sometimes she's just checking in. <laughs> she's not even saying, like, go here or you booked something. Yeah. But I was gone. Yeah. And I would probably, um, if I'm being honest, sell out most uh, plans that I made, even if they were important, to... Uh, to, to satisfy what I thought I needed to satisfy. Yeah, and I see that a lot now with actors when even in class, when, when I say things like, you know, you can tell your, you can book out for class or tell your agent this is important for you. And they're like, they'll drop yeah, me. Absolutely not. You know? No way. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. that's crazy time. Right. You know, or you can change your appointment with this casting office, you know, or at least ask because you have to do X, Y, or Z. Oh, I could never, ever do that. My agent told me I can't do that. So all of that reveals um, the power that actors project upon agents. Yeah. Now, because you're on the other side of it as a casting director, yeah. you know different. Um, it's been interesting to watch your relationship with some agents because you have no problem pushing back against ridiculousness or or uh, demands that don't make any sense or an agent for a role that has nothing to do with half their client list pitching every single one of their clients, like yeah. all hundred and whatever. And, and you, know? you get to see them working for actors. And I have to say that that these days, agents are working so hard for actors. And sure. I don't think you guys realize, whether you have an agent or not, how it's changed for them and how hard they have to work just to get you considered. Mm. You don't see that. You don't see the seams of that. They're advocating pretty hard. Some of them have massive client lists that are way too big and they, they can't, they just kind of throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. And so they'll have like, I don't know, a hundred young actors in one, I guess, category. And, and they don't really care. Like at the end of the year, they clean out and they, so they just process actors as commodities, but they are working hard and they are pitching hard and they just don't know how to do it anymore because of the this whole technological expansion. But I will say that agents are people and they just, you need to deal with them. You need, your relationship with them has got to be human, respectful, but you've also got to understand not only your part in this, but what you need for you. And if they go away, they're supposed to go away like any relationship. You right. should not be in an abusive or dysfunctional relationship where you are bending over backwards to make them happy because you're terrified they're going to drop you. And, th- and that's the thing. So, And I think it's hard for actors to see past the fog of their own fear of it because for them, and again, this is a projection, they believe that having an agent is validation. So then they're willing to accept 
whatever sort of stuff, whatever powerlessness they feel or whatever kind of relationship. Because if I have an agent, I get to go, you know, back home for Thanksgiving and show up with the validation of at least I have an agent. I'm in the game. Yeah. Right. So so it's it's that box check. It's this fear that who am I if I don't have an agent? And I remember that as my acting career was winding down and I was far less less interested in it than I probably should have been. Um, And I... Uh, I, I emailed my manager, actually looked at that email recently and said, been together 11 years, this has been great, but I'm done. Um, you're done with the, the manager, or you're done with acting? Uh, both, uh-huh. yeah. Um, that that it was uh, a situation where uh, I had to stop and think, but but then who am I? And so these notions of fear yeah. and identity, and yeah. there's it's almost like it would be a death if I didn't have the agent that I've had for a while, because that means I'm on my own. And the truth is, with or without an agent, you, you are, are on, on your, your own. own. Yeah. And that acceptance before, during, and after a relationship with with an agent is uh, is the path to happiness and the path to, I think, a quicker path and more efficient path to career success. Because you don't believe that there's anyone who can do this for you or who can do the heavy lifting required to be an amazing actor. And I think some of that has to do with you thinking that the your agent is the gatekeeper to the industry. Right. You know, and and it's it's a rethinking of your relationship with people in the industry. Right. And that takes a whole unraveling of this idea that they are your umbilical cord to success and to having an actual career of any kind in this town or in this business. Yeah. And that's not really true. And the great news is that these days it's not true yeah. at all because what agents are asking their actors to do, go make something and bring it back to me, which we advocate for all the time and is a necessary part of your career existence. But they're saying, you need to do this to help me help you sell you because I can't do this work without you doing that. And now you can do it. So go do that. They used to say, and they still to some extent will say, go get new headshots and come back. Can you imagine? All the time. I mean, a lot of the undoing that we do in our career coaching has to have to do with those topics. (laughs) Like my agent said, I need new headshots. So can you help me figure out what kind of headshots I need. Right. And so I just spent $1,200 on headshots last year, but you want me to do it again because yeah. you think I need to wear a red dress this time? Yeah, well, yes. you're just not popping. <laughs> Oy, you know, vault. And, that, and they hear that from right. some casting assistant because they're trying to figure out right, right, why right. their submissions aren't working. So they need you to Everyone's do this guessing. particular thing. So we have right. to undo some of that because it's not about the headshot. Right. I mean, sometimes if you had a better headshot, it might help. And this is why. And we'll talk about that in a different podcast down the road. But for now, it's it's not about that. The other thing that they say is go go do some stuff and then come back and let me know what that is and and then maybe I can you know sell you better. Right. You know I need you to to do that for yourself. So you know these are some things that we hear about a lot. And I think the most traumatic and affecting and deepest wound of all this is when actors come and say to us, my agent isn't returning my emails or phone calls. My agent isn't sending me out. My agent isn't doing all this for me. My agent's telling me not to bother them. My agent's saying, no, 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 no. I don't know what to do. And that goes right back to that broken, dysfunctional relationship with somebody who isn't seeing you. So so we've talked about that, that mindset, that homeostasis that one needs to be in as you approach so that you're not looking, you're not coming at it from a place of desperation or giving up your power. 
part of that is understanding what agents can and can't do. And yes. by the way, you're going to have those moments when they don't call you back. So let's talk about that too. So, so let's say even, and this is part of busting this myth of what it's like to have an agent, which I think has to be busted before you make your approach. So having an agent does not mean you'll necessarily go out more or at all. Uh, in fact, it's almost worse because there's an expectation that, well, but I'm supposed to go out because I have an agent now. I thought this was the promised land and it's not. You still have to do that same kind of work. You still have to train. You still have to make your own way, make your own stuff. And so uh, how you manage uh, that silence, I think, is really important. Again, before, during, and after the agent because those moments will come because they will get busy because they're on set in Sydney with the actor who is paying their rent and their mortgage and keeping their kids in private school. And it's not about you, but you have your needs. And so, um, so what do you do in those situations? I mean, the answer is you go turn it into art, you go make something or shoot something and get back to training. Because the agent, your agent or manager doesn't want to have to take care of you. They They can't, they, they can't, they have to make a living. Let's start with that. And so if you're going to be the actor who does, let's say at, you know, four guest spots a year and maybe one commercial, maybe, and then you'd look at their 10% of that and how much that costs them and how much they make off of that, right. there's a really good chance. And that may be a, a healthy year for you, but they, they may be taking in, you know, a few hundred bucks, right. you know, and when you're looking at the dollars and cents, the business of this, you become what they will call a developmental client, which is somebody they have to work on and develop before they can make money off of you. And right. so that there's that. But I think that's an important point. And that's yeah. a harsh reality for yeah. actors who are hypersensitive and come from a place of artistry and connection and loving the human exploration of it all. And they run smack into the wall that is the cold, hard capitalist industry. So there's an agent. And uh, like I said, she's got her house in the valley and she's got a mortgage and kids she's the and, breadwinner. Yeah. She's got kids. They're in private school, the car payments, et cetera. And she's got four clients who are on TV series who do really well. And, and the 10% or whatever it is of, of that uh, keeps her afloat and keeps her life going. And then you show up with an expectation after three years of theater school or a two-year Meisner program, hey, I want you to take me on. Well, um, I know I'm good. I know I'm worthy. Uh-huh. You know, I have a lot to offer. So you should see that and you should go get me work. Right. And so the question you need to ask as that actor is, what value do I have for this person? What is the product? And what value do I have? Well, value comes in a bunch of different places, a bunch of different ways. Uh, Maybe you'll work harder than anyone else. Maybe you are that creator. Um, Maybe you're doing uh, interesting dynamic work um, that most people don't do in terms of your training or anything else. Like you're that clown person or whatever, right? Like, cause that's the stuff that you do oh, well, that things that are just like, you're doing clowning training and you, yeah, you yeah, did yeah. the workshop yeah. here that yeah, like you diversify that, that diverse you've got all stuff. kinds of unique things. And, yeah. and yeah. so then there starts, uh, being something that the agent looks at and goes, huh, that's interesting. You're not going to pay my mortgage this year or next, but maybe there's, it would be interesting for me to say, Hey, this person's on my roster Yeah. and look how interesting they are. Yeah. And then maybe when they're fancy person gets in a room on something, they can talk to that same casting assistant and say, Hey, by the way, would you see this other person? Um, c- while you're seeing the fancy person and they go, sure. But, but you have to ask what value do I have for this person who makes their money advocating for those four actors? And what is it going to be that's going to make them step away from those four actors 
and spend time, which is money for them, on you yeah. to advocate on your behalf. Where if you if they advocate on your behalf and you don't deliver, that starts chipping away at their reputation, or you know maybe the, you know. So it, it's it's a it's a challenging thing. It brings up a couple of things. Uh, one is you know there's an actor we know who was on TV series for you know six seven years, didn't book then after that for a year. A nice agency dropped him and said, I just can't. We can't work for you anymore because we have so many other people like you who are or are not working, and you need a different agent or somebody else who gets you or a smaller agent or something else. And, you know, he he handled it really well because he realized that thing where, you know what, this feels like an abusive relationship to me because yeah. I'm asking these people to do something and take care of me where they just can't. Yeah. So I'm not going to take it personally. I'm going to realize what I have to do, what my responsibility is in this. I'm going to let go of that attachment because I understand for them it's business. Also, sometimes and often people are part of a group at an agency or a management company and someone may love you, but they look at the big picture of what that particular company is doing and where they need you as the agent to focus and they just go, I can't sell you too much my people, to my peers, to my, you know, my partners. That always used to drive me crazy. I didn't really understand until an agent recently explained to me, we all have to work as a team. And if I'm the only one, then it's a huge burden for me. And so one agent said recently, if you're this kind of actor, if you're a young actor who's just starting out, you know, I can take you on. But if you're an actor who has a little bit more weight or a little bit more age or a little bit more something, then I I need the whole agency behind me because this thing that I'm going to do is an experiment and probably six months will go by. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to let it go. But we're going to try to do this together, which again, the actor who suddenly goes, oh, so this is the magic thing. Now I just get to sit back and wait for those auditions, again, has to realize that you have to be able to deliver value. And it's an important uh, distinction for an actor. What do you you have to bring to the table so that your agent or manager or any agent or manager you're trying to get involved with has all these tools and materials to sell you. And you have to come back to, I am the product, I am the commodity, you are the sales agent, you are selling me. What do I have to bring to the table in order for this this relationship to work so that you can put me out there and be successful on my behalf, believe in me, get me, understand me, and work collaboratively together to put us out into the world. And that's a super important point because if you have value and the agent recognizes it, that means it's a relationship and it's mutual. You do not want to be in a situation where you you know knew someone who knew someone whose uh, dad is the head of ICM who throws you a bone because you know he owed your uncle or like whatever. You do not want that situation yeah. because you're not going to get the call. You're not going to be advocated for because uh, you're there uh, under pretenses that are uh, pretenses other than you're an amazing actor and I believe in you on some level. And so you don't want to be in that relationship to the point where I would say, get out of that relationship with an agent and have no agent if that's the relationship you're in. So Uh, I would advocate for super scary, but better than the alternative, I think. So I, I would say that if there's an actor who's starting out, who doesn't have a resume, um, who, uh, you know, has a little bit of training, but is finding their way, uh, I would say spend 10%, five to 10% of your time thinking and, and actually focusing on finding an agent and the lion's share of your time working on creating value as an actor. How do you do that? You do that through acting all the damn time, training, collaborating, um, creating community, uh, a community of artists within the work, shooting your own stuff, writing your own stuff. That's the kind of thing that we find eventually leads to an agent coming to you. And you don't necessarily have to be that passive and just do your work and wait for them. You know, you're in some artistic cave waiting 
for them to show up. But at the same time, those things happen organically because someone was, you know, at a sh at your one woman show and then they saw, you know, some short that you were in six months later. And it's a small town when you start doing the work, right? It and all really of a sudden is. something shows really up in your is. Facebook yeah. feed and that person that 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 agent used to have that was in that demographic yeah. just booked a show or left that agent because they yeah. went to someone fancier or, you know, went back to Ohio or whatever. And they think, oh, you know what? Um, that would fill a need. Yeah. So let's call that person. I went to a show, a play the other day, and there was an agent there who was representing somebody in the play. And somebody else in the play was doing extraordinary work who didn't have an agent. And that agent got excited about that that person and wanted to meet them. And it was just like one of those it felt like the old days, you know, was, they were there to see their client, support their client, but they got excited about somebody else. And that's often how it works. You can't do the play for that reason, but know that that's part of what agents and managers do in this town is they do go see stuff. They need to see stuff. That's they right. need to, and they'll do it online. They'll go, they'll send their, you know, interns and assistants to go troll the internet to look at funny or die and find some funny people or send them to comedy clubs. But the fact is that they are out there looking. They actually want you. They are looking for unique, bold talent. You have to figure out for you what that looks like, what you love doing and how you can show up in that work all over town, whatever your town is, wherever you're listening, in work you make, work you collaborate on, growing your craft, you know, training so that you are an actor, athlete, performing at the highest level all the time and you have this shitload of stuff to show for it. And what all that also does is it shows that you're offering and you're not needing, right. which is a big part of how you need to engage with the industry, casting directors, you know, directors, writers, everybody in the business that you're in. You have to come from a place of offering, not desperate needing, not needing at all, because that's the truth of it is you have to be able to say to an agent or manager, this is what I have to offer. I'm excited about it. I'm doing really great work. You know, I hope you want a part of it. And then you realize that they are people who will then see you as someone they can organize, right. you know, they can get behind, they can collaborate with. I get frustrated when I ask people in this town to represent actors I know, just because if I get really excited about somebody and I, I can't do it often or for everyone, because it would be my full-time job. So we have to have certain boundaries in this, and, and it's important that everybody understands that we're all human in this thing. But there's this one actor who was just doing extraordinary work. She was making stuff. She was writing screenplays. She was making really great shorts. She was doing great work in class. She was out there just making shit all day long. And it was really good work. And so I knew that I could put her out there. And I sent her to but a few Why did you know that? Let's get really specific about it. Because this is how to get an agent, right? Yeah, Go ahead. yeah, yeah. Why did you know that? She found a way to articulate her unique voice and point of view in her artistic expression. So the short she made was really funny and unique and very much who she was. And she was also able to... And what wasn't that hard. I mean, it wasn't like she was some mega producer. She was able to put together a team of people who were like-minded to create this short film. And she actually started writing in class. And from there, it became a short and then a feature. And she worked her butt off, like really, really, really worked at it. And she also made a lot of crap. <laughs> that was the other thing. She made some stuff that was, it was fine. It was funny. It was silly. But she made a lot of stuff. Like every single weekend for two years, she made something. Wow. 
And then she made this short that she loved because she realized that all of that stuff, you know, could be massaged and developed into something really great. And then she wrote this film. So all of that, you know, it was just the way she approached it with ferocity and passion, excitement and a hunger to learn and grow, willingness to do bad stuff, yeah. <laughs> or not bad, none of it was bad. But yeah, just no, wasn't, I understand. You know, yeah, and, and, a process. And, yeah, and an ability to find her really specific voice and hone that. Then then the stuff was clear. She, I mean, I saw it in class, but I also watched it on my computer, and I thought, okay, there's something here that somebody's going to want a part of, and people did. Right. But then, what was interesting... She had that moment of, oh, shit, now I have a manager. Now, the first thing they said in the meeting was, we like you as an actor and we'll send you out on things, commercials, TV shows, whatever, but we now want and expect you to keep producing. And suddenly she went home and she said, I had that great moment of, I'm so excited I have a manager. And then I realized I have to just keep doing what I'm doing right. and more of it with a certain level of expectation, mm-hmm. um, which she actually adhered to. But again, we always talk about when you find some success, the pressure is even greater. Right. And so, you know, what's interesting about that is that all that work that she did, it, it creates a product, sure, that someone can can present to somebody and, you know, your, your work is is uh, is on display. But beyond that, it gives you this feeling, and this is why we advocate for, for actors creating their own stuff. It gives you a license to operate in a meeting with an agent because it's it's not a lie. You're just describing what actually is, that yeah. I am an actor. And by what metric? Well, I'm doing it. I'm a creator. By what metric? I'm doing it. Like, here's the results. Check the receipts, you know? As opposed to, um, I haven't done any of that, but I managed to finagle a, you know, a, a meeting with an agent, and now it's a hustle. Now it's a, let me get my way in there and try to pitch, and try, you know, as opposed to, Hey, just take a look. Do you want to work with me? And that energetically is very, very different, particularly for people like agents who are being hit on figuratively um, all the time, right? Everyone wants them because they consider them the gatekeepers. But, and I think that probably uh, attunes their noses to smell uh, BS pretty quickly, six miles away. Are you in it or are you of it? Uh, Are you just talking? Are you here to book the TV series tomorrow, which is exciting? Or are you willing to do the work uh, of being an actual actor? And agents, particularly if they've been around for a little bit, know the difference. They know what it takes because they see it a lot, the the amount that people are working to make it happen. And this is another harsh truth for actors is that, and I mean this with love and respect, but you graduate from theater school, you are owed nothing. Your two-year Meisner program, you are owed nothing. Your TV series on the network for eight years, and now you're done. You are owed nothing. Yeah, that so is, that, that's that you got. You got to hear harsh. that. Yeah, that yeah. is harsh, particularly yeah. in a business where, um, you know, uh, this means my attention on you means I pay or do not pay my mortgage. So this is math. So you have to be in there uh, offering value pretty consistently. Yeah. We get a lot of questions about casting, about auditioning, about your careers and the business, and we want to focus on some of the ones we hear often. So we're going to take one right now with great question. Let's talk about that. So let's dive in. So uh, Muhammad in North Hollywood, oh, you're close. That's cool. Um, asks, do I need both an agent and a manager? 
Uh, no, yes, maybe. Well, let's talk about the differences. So back in my day, uh, there were stark differences. The managers had fewer clients and would hold your hand, talk about moves you would make or not, and pick you up and take you to the audition. They would manage your career. They would manage. Uh, Agents, uh, they'd get the breakdown. They'd look at the laundry list of people in there that would fit, and then they'd send them all there. To some extent, I think that's still the case. Managers have more people and now seem to negotiate whether they're supposed to or not. So that's right. Well, that, yeah. and, and that's another important point, right? Yeah. Like uh, historically, managers have not been able legally to negotiate contracts. You need a lawyer for that if you don't have an agent. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the lines are blurring. No, they are blurring, and that often is the case where they they won't sign the deal, but they'll advise you and they'll make they can certainly work on the deal with you. So that's fine. And you know, it's great if you if you need different people to do different things. You know, if you're at a big agency or an agency where you're there are several agents and you have one particular agent who's working with you and the others don't even really know about you, um, you could get lost. And so the thing is you don't want to get lost and you want to have personal relationships with these people, whoever they are. So the answer is at some agencies you'll get that, at some management companies you'll get that and vice versa. You may or may not at different, at different places. So in a perfect world, you have relationships with all of those people and it works. But if you have a healthy relationship with an agent, you may not need a manager, sure. especially an agent who's going to work with you on a more intimate level. And sometimes an agent will have a particular scope of influence, let's say in television or with yeah. a certain network or whatever, versus another person, a manager who may have different ones. So you have uh, both of their, uh, you know, social networks. Uh, um, and and then of course the thing is, can they work well together, right? If the manager discovered you or whatever has been with you five years, uh, she may have a hard time giving you up to an agent. You well, may still. And, so, and some ahead. people like to work with other people, and some people mm-hmm. don't. Like like to work with other people. So you need to yeah. know that your agent and manager want to work together. If you if you you know meet a manager and the manager wants to take you on, the agent goes, yeah, we don't really, you don't need that or we don't want to work with that person. Again, it goes back to you taking charge of this triangle of this relationship. Right. You're the one in charge. You're not at the mercy of all those people because you are going to give away even more money. I was going to say, if you're making money, now you're going to give away Twenty uh, percent yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, whereas if you don't have anything uh, just now, your development level client, uh, maybe you want both because you know twenty percent of nothing is nothing, and so let's have you know uh, more people uh, shoveling. But don't define your success if you don't have one or the other. Sure. Just make sure that these people are uh, working with you collaboratively and uh, get you and are spending time you know, on your career with you. Gotcha. Um, you want to move on to the next question? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, Christy, um, from Atlanta says, what should I ask an agent in an interview? Um, so your head's going to, so I've, I got the meeting. How do I dazzle in the meeting? Um, and to me inherent in this question is <laughs> what sort of template can I use to, to speak to an agent? So I have some sort of intelligent question to ask them, lest it all just be me pitching myself. You know, and we touched on this a little bit in the, in the rest of the conversation uh, that remember, these are p- people and you want to know about them. You want to understand who they are and you want to be able to bring yourself to this w- clearly and quickly. People don't have a lot of time and a meeting is a valuable thing these days because people mostly communicate via email and text and, and not in person. So an in-person thing is a valuable use of your time. So make sure that when you walk in, you're really clear on what it is you have to offer. Right. And, and I think the only thing that you have to offer is uh, they need to know that you are an actor. 
like full stop, like a real full-fledged undeniable actor because you're doing the work. In terms of questions for them, um, we could suggest asking, how did you get into agenting? You don't want to ask a question, I suspect, that's too personal, but at the same time, something that allows them to speak from their own experience is probably helpful too. Yeah. What are you looking for? What works, what doesn't? Yeah. Um, you can also mine them for data. Yeah, and you could also say, what do you need from me? Yeah, sure. You know, What is it that I can bring to the table to make your job easier? What can I offer you so that we can work together openly and honestly so that you can help you know, figure out how we together make work happen. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> this, let's, let's do this one. It's an interesting one. Um, Jill from West Hollywood says, three different agents and managers want to sign me. Good for you. How do I choose which one to go with? Ooh, good problem um, to have. Jill's in the 1%, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. which is, or less, which is great. Um, but I think this question is important. The reason why we picked it is because it speaks to uh, the relationship that you want from a manager generally. So you got options, let's say. And some people think, as have I over the years, um, you know, I want someone that I can actually have a conversation with. Like I want someone who can feel like family, who I could hang out with, who I can talk to, my hopes and dreams, you know, versus I just want someone who can do business. Like I don't really care whether we can have a beer together. Uh, just get me in the damn rooms and do the job. Mm. And and I think perhaps a balance of that is true. So if there are differences between these three individuals, which there must be, um, or however many there are, uh, I think you have to ask what you want in a relationship. Where do you see yourself in the industry? Who can get you there the quickest? Do you want to do independent films? Well, maybe one agent or manager may have that as their forte. So there's those questions beyond just their interpersonal skills, whether they speak you know, your same emotional language or understand you. I think also, and this is hard to to really cop to is like who gets you who really really gets you and who's going to be there you know in the dry spells and and who's going to work for you understanding who you really are and is invested in you and how do you tell that in in a meeting you may make a mistake but you try to have an open conversation i know i made a mistake after me too uh, you did yep I did a movie. I directed 200 cigarettes. I came out of that. I had a bunch of people interested in working with me. Yeah. I went to the shinier, bigger agency who was were promising me the world that they yeah. couldn't deliver. Classic. Um, <laughs> and I did not go with the agent who got me and who said, this is going to take some time and we're going to have to nurture this. And this is where I see you and I get you. And this, I didn't go there because it was a decent agency, but I wanted the instant shiny shit and I made a mistake. But that also could have worked out too though, right? Like it's hard to tell. At, at least that's what I found out that depending on where I am at, you know, you, you think, oh, I need this because this is going to get me where I'm going in this industry. And so much of it is how the industry plays you. Yeah. Like that could have worked out really well. It, it, it's hard to know. I didn't do my research. Hmm. I didn't know how to. So, for example, they said, and if we can't get you movies right away, we can definitely get you in the TV world. And that was when TV, you know, was just getting sexy for, you know, film people. And I thought, ooh, TV. I could do TV. I like TV. I could, that's a great (laughs) fallback. I know people who are doing, and, but what I didn't do, which would have been the next step, is can I meet someone in the TV department before we sign papers? Because these were all these, like, fancy film agents sitting around big table in a conference room with lots of uh, pastries. And I didn't ask that. And then Mm. when time came and the film thing didn't happen quite as quickly, and I said, okay, I'm ready to meet those TV people, they did, and the TV people said, we we have no place for her. She hasn't done television. We can barely get jobs for our TV people. Uh, no. Yeah. And I was, whoa. That, so I learned a hard lesson. And then I went back to the other guy. This was a year later. Um, and he said, 
Yeah, no, I've I moved on. He got really fancy really quickly because all of his independent. Anyway, long did, story did he hold short, a grudge? and he held a grudge huh. more more than anything. He took it personally that because he was really invested in me, and I said no to him. Hmm. Now that's his own problem, and it goes back to a dysfunctional relationship that probably oh. wouldn't have worked anyway. But the fact is, you've got to know, make sure that you're all in the same world and you're speaking the same language, and that you're in this for the long haul with somebody. And if they are in that with you, then and I think that speaks to whether you're someone just starting out or someone who has the privilege of having three agents or managers dancing around you and your talent. If you have a question that you'd like to have answered here on The Acting Podcast, email us at theactingpodcast at gmail.com. That's theactingpodcast at gmail.com. And put great question in the subject line so we'll know. We're ready to hear your question and offer our take on the answer. Go ahead and email today. We're here. Before we get back to our conversation, we want to give you some added bonus stuff. She said add. I did say add. This is an ad, folks. Finding and maintaining success as an actor requires intense focus in your acting work. It's a consistent practice. But in a business this dynamic and this fraught with emotional landmines, achieving your goals also requires addressing specific elements of your career and your life. To be successful, you have to take a long look at what you want your career to look like and what practical daily steps you're taking to get there. And you have to be taking responsibility for the mental and emotional roadblocks that keep you from success. So to make sure the work gets done, we offer career coaching and life design coaching. It's one-on-one, in-person, at the studio, or via Skype and Zoom for actors all over the world. In our career coaching sessions, you'll find ways to let go of guilt, doubt, fear, regret, and powerlessness, embrace your gifts, and come up with strategies to realize your projects to network effectively, to engage with your representatives successfully, and to make money doing what you love. Together, we will turn the energy of frustration into the energy of doing and creating. In life design coaching sessions, you'll come to a deeper awareness of the emotional and mental blocks that stand in your way. You'll change your relationship with those blocks, and then we'll tailor a doable, daily practice that creates positive change in your life. It's awareness to intention to action. It's about removing what's in your way and creating presence and power in your life so you can show up for yourself and your career. So to schedule a career coaching or life design coaching session or a series of coaching sessions, go to braymangarciabraun.com slash coaching or click the link in our podcast show notes. And if you use the promo code podcast, you get a 10% discount on your first session. So we've talked about checking your own mindset, your own desire, obsession, whatever, desperation to get an agent, what that means when you have one, what it doesn't. Um, and uh, working doggedly to create content, to be in the, the work all the time. So you have a license to operate in those meetings when you actually approach the agents. So let's talk about the actual approach here. So what do you do? How do you, in fact, reach out? Well, you tell all your friends and people that you know, hey, I'm in you know, uh, the market. I'm looking. Um, yeah. But, and this is perhaps, you know, sales generally, um, there is a way to approach uh, an agent that suggests that you have done your homework, 
that it's not some, you know, wide net that you're throwing out because you want an agent. And anybody will do anybody. any pulse, anybody will, will have right. you. Yeah. So do your research, right? Yeah. yeah. No. And that, and that's a big part of it. Yeah. We, we talked to uh, Josiah, who's an agent at, at Innovative recently, and he came to class. And one of the things he said that he did, which I loved, was that he he did such deep research. So when he was able to approach people to get a job as an agent at an agency, yeah. he knew those people intimately in his mind. It wasn't that he was stalking them, but he knew what their values were, right. what their mandate was, who each of them was as an individual, which made a big difference because you have to remember, again, these are human beings. You've got to know where you fit. You cho- get to choose the agencies you want to go after, right? You don't yeah. just wait for, for any old person. And you get to really know who those people are and what the structure is and the values are of their organization. And you go on IMDb Pro or whatever or ask around and you figure out, like, who are their clients? Yeah. Because that's an important piece, right? Like if they've got 10 people like you and and then they get your letter, you got to know that they're not going to look. I mean, oh. it's either that or you, that's the agency that has all the old character guys, you know, right. or that's the agency that has all of the musician slash comic comedians. Right. And so you fit into their niche and, and that works for you. But you're right. Or not. You, or yeah, not. Right. Yeah, but you got to know what that is. That's just it. And so you'll, you'll get a sense of their taste, yeah. which is, you know, like they're, they're not just in this for the money. Like at some point... The, the fantasy is that they will find someone that no one else saw or believed in and they will actually work with them and they will win the award and at the end of it uh, they'll get to say I found that person and you'll thank them at the Academy Awards <laughs> right. it'll make their day and, right yeah. and, and and so like it, it really is you have to understand it if you walk in with an understanding of who they are yeah. what is their taste how which direction do they lean then that's something that makes someone open up a little bit what are and, their hopes and dreams and needs. Absolutely. Yeah. That you can speak to those. You can speak to their pain points and the things that, that interest them. Yeah. And you can say, here's how I can uh, help you with that interest. Yeah. Here's what I can offer. So yeah. that personal uh, outreach, I think, is an important thing. You're not going to let me read this, but I want to read this. Will let me read this? What? What? It's a, what? So someone sent this email to uh, us, you specifically. But, what? Uh, what? what? No, really? Yes, really. Uh, so uh, just tell me to stop if this is uncomfortable. Uh, so, um, uh, dear Risa, okay. I don't want to blow smoke up your ass. I don't need you to know all about me. I this is from an actor, by the way. Uh, I don't even want you to cast me. Well, not right at the moment. So right away, we have some humor, which is nice. Uh, I just want you to hear me out. I'm a big fan. I've been for a long time. The work you've done has a huge has had a huge impact on me, and I'm assuming on so many others. The movies you cast in the late 80s and early 90s made me want to be an artist, initially an actor, but definitely a part of the movies. They saved me from thinking that all the dark and big feelings that I had were wrong or bad. They made me feel like there was a place for me, et cetera, et cetera. So, so like right away, this person is talking to you. Yeah. Like they know you, they know your work. They're describing the impact your work has had. And by the way, you know, a number of people feel that way uh, about a lot of those movies and the work that you've done. Um, and then this person starts talking about their relationship to the business as a result of some of that uh, and the struggles and all that kind of stuff. So offering vulnerability. Um, and, 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 and then, right, and then, paragraph one, two, three, five, I'm sending you something I made. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I know you, yeah. you've impacted me. Uh, I've done the research, you know, uh, here's some of my struggles in the industry. And I made this thing that I want you to look at offering, offering, offering. I offer it in the hope that uh, it gives you as much pleasure and inspiration as it gave me in making it. If you don't watch, just know the finding the courage to send you this was enough. I mean, this is lovely, right? Yeah, so it's moving. I mean, as and you, you watched it, I moved right now. Right. And yeah. you watched it. 
I mean, how could I you did. not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an asshole if you didn't want, if, you know what I mean? So, and you did because, yeah, because yeah. this moves yeah, you. Yeah. So, and, and, yeah. uh, and I'm, I, you know, I'm also not reading this to blow smoke up your ass, but this is, this is a beautiful approach because it's honest, it's vulnerable. It's one person speaking to another. It's not an actor to a casting director. Yeah. It's uh, I see you yeah. and I like your work and check out mine. That's what, that's the spirit of it. Yeah. So I think, and you would probably agree that like this is the spirit with which you reach out to anyone in the industry. And again, it's not about blowing smoke up their ass. It's saying, I know you, I, I see you. That's what it is. I see you. And you know, it's important because you don't need to have smoke blown up your ass. Although what I don't that? know what that's that would feel like. <laughs> what is that Seinfeld mean? has that bit. It's like, why is that a good thing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Go true. Ahead. Yeah, I don't want anyone to ever do no. that to any oh of us. Oh my God. No. I mean, that, that goes back to like, you know, abusive behavior. But wherever it came from, we can look it up later. What it does do is it speaks to human to human. As you're saying, people don't need you to compliment them, but understanding that everyone is working really hard. Everybody is is in this because at some point they liked the industry and most people, some people became agents by accident, but a lot of them found that it was their only path to be a part of the industry. Mm. And this is creative for them. Yeah. I know agents who love this. They love making deals. They they, they love working with, with artists. They, they For them, this whole process is the most artistic, creative thing they could experience. And they are really moved by movies and TV shows and the humanity of it all speaks to them. And this is their part in it. So you need to understand and appreciate that, that they are not there like casting directors to serve you on one level it's a business and they are selling cars on the other hand they love their cars right. you know they they love this thing that they do so to speak to them in a human way right. in a specific personal way is great now right. i don't necessarily advocate for a five paragraph email there are versions of that could that can be short and sweet hey did you watch it i did watch it and i did read it but it started off a certain way right what i'm what i'm saying is Make sure the content of your email or your elevator pitch or your network moment that you might run into somebody somewhere is about human engagement right. and is personal, vulnerable, right. specific, not needy. Offering vulnerability doesn't mean that you you offer offer desperation. It's an important point, right? Because actors feel like they have to get someplace where they are not now to present some sort of yeah. you know image of success. Hashtag yeah. so blessed. Hashtag yeah. actor life. Yeah. Hashtag set life. <laughs> in that meeting, yeah. as opposed to no, here's where I'm at right now. Where are you at? Yeah. And offering humanity. Yeah. And 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 particularly in Los Angeles, this is a town where if you BS someone, they're going to know because yeah. <laughs> they've either worked with that person yeah. or they know that person or whatever. So, you know, lying about for New York or Chicago, of course, London, any Atlanta, center where, any, you know, yeah, like yeah. these and, and these agents, they're sophisticated. They, they have a sense. So if you're lying about credits, all that kind of stuff, it's just not going to work. As an aside, back in the 1700s, doctors literally blew smoke up people's rectums. Believe it or not, it was, and I'm reading here, uh, it was <laughs> uh, a general mainstream medical procedure procedure used to, among other things, resuscitate people who were otherwise presumed dead. So there you go. Oh, so it is about bringing life back. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just needed to close that loop. Yeah. Uh, Thank but, you for that. But, but so, you know, uh, it, it is about leading with honesty. And, and, and that's hard for actors, I think, because they think of the industry as inhuman, as this wall they're trying to penetrate, looking yeah. for any sort of crack that they can slip through. And what, what works in an audition, um, when you're being processed through the system, what, what works in every level of the business, headshots, everything is humanity, humanity. leading with your vulnerability. Yeah. Um, don't BS 
BS, you don't need to. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. That's how it should go. If you BS your way into an agent, it's not going to work out in the long run anyways, because it's not going to work for you. And I think it goes hand in hand with the notion that we discussed earlier about understanding that the, the cold, hard facts of the business, because you don't take it personally the way we talk about going into an audition. You have to bring your heart, lead with your heart in the in the work that you do on your self-tape and your audition and all of your industry relationships. But then once that's done, you can lean back into, okay, what's the reality here? And you've got to do that sure. dance between the, your vulnerability and your, you know, your critical mind. I was just talking to a bunch of people who were at a, one of the film festivals recently who said that the most fun they had was talking to industry people on a human level, marketing people, publicists, agents, managers, producers, executives, and finding human connection and realizing, oh, you know what? I'm an actor. I do that really well. Let me bring people back to that part of themselves because they need that and they forget why they're here at this festival. Yeah. And, and, and then from there comes relationship. Right. So and th- it's when, when you approach with that vulnerability, um, being present with them, yeah. I think you're, you're far better able, and this might be you know, Dear Abby relationship advice too. There are parallels, I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. Um, you're far better able to um, ascertain an agenda, where they're at, how they deal with um, the perceived, and indeed they're just perceived power structures. Are they abusing those power structures? Are meetings over drinks uh, at 9 p.m., or is it a lunch that would serve the same purpose? Those sorts of things that you can um, be aware of and not fall into, I have to do everything you tell me because because I have no power and you do. So again, all of that stuff, no matter what, it it leads into all sorts of parts of of this relationship and relationships generally. Um, uh, You know, how much power are you showing up with? What's your license to operate there? And by the way, if someone prevents you from having a voice consistently, um, listen to that. (laughs) If they don't, you know, email you back within a week, uh, listen to that. Now, that may be that they are busy with their fancy client. Right. You know? And I would say that if you don't get an email response from anybody, it doesn't mean anything. I just sent a bunch of emails out to people and I wanted a response. I didn't get it from everybody. And I had that moment, which I know actors have all the time of, oh my God, they didn't want to respond to me. Right. Or the response was like three words and I wrote uh, 10 paragraphs or whatever, right, right? Right. Yeah. And so you have to remember that, you know, if, if you think you get a lot of emails, imagine an agent or manager probably gets 10,000 times that. So that's, that's not like a, a lot of hyperbole. Like I, no. you walk sure. away from your, particularly when you're casting a show, you walk away for an hour from your email yeah, there's another and there's 500. 300 like, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So and it's so dramatic. You have, you have to realize what that is. So that there are other ways to approach them. Um, but you know, a, a great personal email is terrific and, and a, and a, and a wonderful subject line just to be really specific. Yeah. So you're not saying, Hey, looking for an agent. Right. I would not, I would, I know people say do that cause it's just clear. I don't know very many agents or managers who are going to open that email. Right. Um, so there are some fun, wonderful, things that you can come up with uh, to grab their attention. Sure. Um, and then there are other ways that you can reach out to them as well. You know, I mean, people talk about networking. We've talked about this before as some evil idea. But if you can put yourself in a situation where you're in the same room as agents and managers, whatever right. that is, screenings, festivals, plays, uh, if you're out in the world, if you're out in town, if you're working or if you're in the audience, just know that 
there's a very good chance that you can meet people on a human level right. and start that kind of engagement that way. And when it happens here, let's say in, in the class, it's because we have a group of actors who are working together consistently, who trust each other artistically implicitly, like because they have done the figurative trust falls, the artistic trust falls, and they get to know someone's work. And one of those actors has an agent and they have a close relationship with that agent. That agent says, hey, do you know anybody? And they say, yeah, I know 15 people. Here you go. And then there's a meeting. So, and it, and it, again, it happens because the work is the catalyst. The work is the vehicle that gets you there. It's not because you were glad handing or went to that cocktail party or whatever else. That might be an introduction, but ultimately it's, but where's the work? What is that thing that's going to uh, make an agent believe that you will go into a room or a self-tape and, and cut through, uh, you know, all of the rest of the stuff yep. and emerge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen actors do that for each other just voluntarily. I really believe right. in you and I want my manager or my agent to know you sure. because I'm excited about you meeting each other and knowing each other. And so don't be afraid to talk to your peers and your friends and people who you know in some way. I mean, not strangers on the street, but you know, to say, listen, and, and be honest about it. I can use some help here. Yeah. You know, and that's it's a hard thing for us all to ask each other for help, but we want to help each other. We all get it. We're in the boat together. We want to be there for each other. So don't be afraid to ask somebody. People ask me all the time and often I'll say, I can't do that for you because it, you know, but this is what I what I what I would ask you to do. And I've said this to a number of people, which is people I know, people I work with, people I'm in the work with, um, I would say, you come up with a list of people who you've researched on IMDb Pro and you've really spent your time figuring out who those people are, that you've asked all your friends and peers, that you have a list that's a realistic yeah, and, that's and, right. and, and honest list for yourself, a short, strong list. And then you reach out to those people and this is, you know, you do it in this spirit and when you get a bite or when you have somebody who you you really get, you know, some kind of connection with, then I can come in and support that. Yeah. Um, and that's when you're going to actually need me. And so, but it takes, again, it puts the onus on you, the actor to step up and do that work and not, and people say to me, Oh, I had, I didn't realize that was even a possibility. I just figured that it was something that I would ask you to do because you're in casting and you're in the business yeah. and you would just go and make the introduction. So just right. to give everybody a little bit of reality, it is you doing that that research. It's not that hard to do. It's at your fingertips. And so you can figure that out. And, and it, it's very empowering to come up with a list of people who are realistic, who you're excited about, who you want to be in business with, right. and then to figure out, you know, to hone that down and then to reach out. And there's a there's a, a, an actor who was recently in our business of acting class and she felt really powerless. And she said at the end of the class, because I asked everybody to come back with some action they had taken in their careers. She said, I just decided that instead of just making this chart, you know, she was big on charts and just having it all live on Google Docs where nobody saw it, I thought I was going to actually offer something of myself and reach out to these people. And I got some names from my friends and my, my classmates, my peers, people I'd work with in the theater. Um, and I reached out with confidence, a sense of offering, you know, and belonging and and she said, I got responses. Right. 
and not only did I get responses, I got an agent out of it. Yeah. And she said, I had to step up and take action and know that I was worthy and that I'm a part of this thing. And I just want to say this to all of you to really hear this. You are a part of this industry if you choose to be, but you have to make that decision and you have to step up and you have to do the work that it takes, the daily work that may take you 10 years if you're young, if you're a little bit older, another 10 years. It may take doing that work consistently, Amen. but doing it from a place of love, of the work, of knowing of your value, of having a feeling of offering to other people, to seeing agents and managers as human beings and collaborators in the spirit of that relationship and uh, and knowing that it, that it is... Um, it's a process. The, the intention that um, you're asking from, I think, is, is just so important. That's why you have to do that work before you ask, right? If you're asking from a place of desperation, yeah. it's need, 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 and there's so much need in this town. Yeah. Everyone you're going to ask is in need, <laughs> and, and they want you to solve their problems. So if you can have that shift of doing the work to the extent to which you feel, oh, wow, I've done the work and I feel grounded in that work, done the work of knowing your value, looking at your value. You know, this is why self-care, again, important, even in asking for an agent, looking for an agent. Do you have that grounded intention? Yeah. And from there saying, hey, I need this. Coming from a place of, I deserve this, feeling yeah. like you deserve this. That's different. Right, that's absolutely different. So you're not blowing smoke up anyone's ass. Smoke was blown up the rectum by inserting a tube. Again, I'm reading here. This tube was connected to a fumigator and a bellows, which then compressed forced smoke into the rectum. So now you know. Um, I don't want anybody to put smoke in their rectums, um, even if it's a lifesaver. Um, but what is your version of filling up the tank? Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's called a transition. Yeah. Um, it's um, another. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, getting that balloon wow. of your career I'm filled and, 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 stunned. and rising up. Um, <laughs> you know, something that, and we're touching on this, but I just want to say this from a personal place. So for me... I was always amazed by, but it made total sense that when I was so deeply immersed in the work that I did, whatever that was, producing a festival or doing theater in New York or making a movie or even working here at the at, and building the studio with you, when I was so focused on that, it was always amazing to me that people noticed and came to me. Right. And I wasn't looking for it. They would come and say, hey, you know, you're doing this thing with these one-act plays, so we want you to come and produce this festival that's going to, you know, Aspen. I'm like, what? Where, where did that come from? If you are doing the work that you love in the capacity that you're able, or even stretching that out, whatever that looks like, um, and, you're, and, and, and you're really uh, expanding your community of fellow Art, artist in this, whether it's you're doing plays or you're meeting and having a writer's group or you're making shorts or you're doing stand-up or whatever it is that you're doing, or you're a clown, but you're doing something you love and you're doing with other people, that kind of expansion, it draws people to you. Yeah. You're also out in the world and people are seeing and feeling that. Right. And it's an amazing thing when you're not focused on that. There's a very, very good chance that that agent and manager will find you in the work and will see you and come to you because they are looking. They just need you to be so deeply immersed in it that they get to see what that thing is that you have to offer. Yeah. You know, I want to say this because I think there are versions of this discussion that are technical, that are, this is the way that you approach and you email uh, one week and then you follow up with the blah, 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 blah. Right. And, uh, you know, our approach to this is that none of that matters 
if the intention is not strong and true. Because the approach is irrelevant when the wind is howling at that agent's office and, you know, that they got a fourth email from you or that you sent it on a Tuesday as opposed to a Monday. Because, right. Like all of that stuff is irrelevant if the content is not coming from a place of I have done the work, I know my value, uh, I want to generously present my value and my work. And uh, if you want to work with me, I'm, I want to work with you. So let's talk. And you can't you can't fake that. You know, like you can't, this actor that you were talking about that got the agent by, by directing and shooting all her stuff, you can't fake the good work that she created. You can't fake all of the challenging work that she did to get to that place. And by the way, she didn't ask me. I just saw it, got so excited about it and felt like people had to know her. Right. Yeah. So she she create, elicited that impulse as opposed to anything else. Yeah. So yeah. that's where we come from. And I think we come from uh, that place in every aspect of your career, that um, doing the work of knowing yourself, generously offering, doing the work consistently, probably more than most people think they have to, given the stakes, given how competitive this industry is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, to me, that's the, the real way to do this. Yeah. That's the real work that carves out um, a career. And it's hard because it requires a lot of hours and it requires you checking your dream. One day I'll be discovered. You have to obliterate that to a, at a certain point, right? Like you have that, but then it stops and you wake up on a Monday morning and you have to put a schedule in place that leads to the work that will create the work that you can then present to someone over the course of years. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mental shift, it's a behavioral shift, but I think it's necessary. And how much more joy is to wake up on that Monday morning and go to work rather than go to, you know. Fetching about like, oh my God, what's happening? Who yeah. do I call and how do I call? And yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I, and I, I did that. Like I, you know, when I was uh, a, an actor in between agents and I had all sorts of wild relationships with agents. Um, you know, I had one, two, th- maybe five, six agents, a- agents slash managers, agents right. or managers in my time. And they were all relationships that were horrific and that I would never, no, that's not true. One was actually, uh, uh normal and you know, they rational. Can go, they can go south pretty fast. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, mostly because one or both parties aren't willing to say this doesn't work for me. Right, mostly it's right. the actor. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I had two situations in which, and I, I, I'll go to the phone calls in my head so quickly. Uh, both of them had, uh, challenges with drugs and alcohol and they were on drugs, calling me, asking me for money that I already gave them from a TV series oh I did. And like, oh, just like yeah, yeah. wild stuff. Yeah. And I stayed with them longer than I should have after that. Right. Yeah. Until they had mental breakdowns and had to step <laughs> away and go to rehab or whatever else. That's terrible. And I was, I was still hanging on to the ship, you know, like yeah. even though it was going down. Um, and, but, but what would it be like to take all that energy, right. all that mental, emotional, creative energy and put that into the work that it takes to then represent you to somebody to represent you? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to be focusing on making this relationship right. You know, no, no, um, no. It, it's 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 work. And I think, you know, one of my managers I had for 11 years and she's wonderful uh, and was great to me. But like any relationship, waxes and wanes, you know, and maybe you get some heat and then she's excited about it and and you're going back and forth and you're working together. But then someone else comes up and gets some heat on her roster and she's focused on that person. And and what happened with me towards the end is my interest waned. So I wasn't given her stuff. I remember I was driving to see my mother in Las Vegas and 
I was driving away from an audition that she wanted me to go to, but I had lost interest Who, at that mother point. Your mother That's funny. My, my manager. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, uh, and she said, I will never forget where I was just about to go under the uh, bridge on the 215 South. Yeah. And she said, don't you want this? Mm. And that was like, whoa. And I was in a place of being triggered because she was pressuring me and I didn't like that pressure, you know, telling me what to do or not do. Mm. I'd given up my power years ago. <laughs> and, and I said, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that was, that was it for her, which makes sense, right? Yeah. Like you're not going to work with someone if they're in and out, yeah. you know, yeah. because she doesn't have the time. She's yeah. got other clients who, who are all about it, who are bringing her donuts <laughs> and, and yeah. in all the classes and doing all the things and, right. and all about it and showing up with shorts that they shot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, uh, didn't want to. Well, you got to know what it is that you really do want out of this thing for what sure. you're willing to do to make that happen. Yeah. And then, and then go do that and realize that, um, it's not going to always be exactly how you imagine it to be, but this is a business. This is a, uh, these are relationships and this is what is required. Um, and just, you got to get right with that, you know? So I would just say, do not stress this pursuit. There's so many things to stress about in our lives and in your work. The only thing that really matters is your artistry and the honing of that, the crafting of that, the pursuit of that, the joy of that, the self-care in that, the coming back to it, even when you've strayed a little bit. If you do that consistently, that can be your true north. And along your path, you will find people who will know people who will get you agents or the agents will show up and, and come get you too. So open, you know, be open to, to walking through doors when they open for you from agents. But this forcing of, I need to get one. How do I get one? How do I get one? I think that's just time not well spent. Yeah. It does not define you as an artist or as a professional in this industry at all. You define you. You are in charge of that. You're responsible for yourself. And hopefully you will find healthy, productive, constructive relationships so that you can go win that award and uh, thank your agent and celebrate and carry on. I'm not going to offer more information about blowing smoke up your ass just to, because I think this is a lovely moment. We love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free, and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to The Acting Podcast. Then find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and leave us an honest rating and review. Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. And as a thank you to our incredible community, we want to give you an amazing free gift. It's called the Comprehensive Guide to the Perfect Self-Tape. So all you have to do is screenshot your review, send it to theactingpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you an exclusive gift of the Perfect Self-Tape Guide to take your work to the next level. And come visit us online at thebgbstudio.com. And if you're in L.A., Atlanta, or New York, jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful. 